Hello and welcome to Women Talk Tech. Today is a super exciting day. It's our first podcast. Now I wanted to start off super strong with a really exciting guest. Without no further introduction, Charlene Hunter MBE has been a software developer for over 10 years. In 2017, she co-founded Coding Black Females, a non-profit organization providing opportunities to black women looking to break into the tech space. It aims to address the underrepresentation of black women in the tech world, as well as showcase their talents. With 5,000 members, they are the largest network of black female developers in the UK. Now, I must admit, it's something I personally resonate with. So I was really excited to sit down and have this conversation with Charlene. Good to hang out with you today. Um, so thanks for having me. I'm Charlene Hunter, the CEO and founder at Coding Black Females. Amazing. And tell everyone, so for people who don't know what Coding Black Females is, I hope everyone does. For people who don't know, could you please explain exactly what Coding Black Females is? Yeah, absolutely. So Coding Black Females is a non-profit organisation focused on enabling more black women to enter and progress in the tech industry. We started out in, God, I was going to say 1990, whatever, but <laughs> 2017, really as a community, as a meetup group, and we would have events and so on. And now we've really progressed into this fantastic community of black women all over the world, focused on tech and, and encouraged by tech as well. Um, doing events, mental programs, and a range of training programs as well. Nice. Yeah, I think, you know, we've been partnering with you guys for a while now, and I think it's a, it's an organisation that I can really resonate with. So yeah, honestly, loving what you guys are doing. Of course, for those who don't know, it's always good to kind of look back into how you got into tech. I think that's the main aim of the podcast is to kind of give an introduction for those looking to break into that tech world. If you could give maybe some early context, so walk us through your journey into tech and, you know, how you came to, um, you know, founding uh, Coding Black Females and how you kind of got into the tech scene. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's really funny because whenever people ask me how I got into tech, I always think I did computer science and then I started being a developer. But there was actually a, a load of things that happened before that that I always forget about. So I actually started coding when I was probably about eight or ten or something like that. I found a computer at school and just looked at it, found a game, looked at the code behind the game and then started changing how the game worked, which was my first introduction to code. And then my parents also bought me a computer at home. What they probably didn't realise was that there was a book teaching you how to how to code as well. So I would spend my evenings learning how to code, not really knowing what I was doing, not knowing that I was coding, but then building applications that would interact with me, which was quite exciting. So I did that, kind of forgot that I even liked coding because I didn't know that I was coding. I just thought I was playing on a computer and <laughs> um, did and did my A-levels in maths, further maths and physics, and then went and did a maths degree, which was absolutely really, really enjoyable and fantastic. Loved it. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that I didn't, I wasn't doing so well in my maths degree. So for the first couple of years, I focused on the social side of university <laughs> like everyone <laughs> rather than the hardworking side so I was I was out maybe like three four times a week doing this stuff and I was actually massively failing on my degree so I was you know getting I think I was averaging like a third or something at the end of second year so I was applying for jobs and I couldn't get anything because you know you apply at the end of second year for the job that's going to land you at the end of third and I was applying for all these jobs, couldn't get anything because my grades were just below a 2-1 and obviously couldn't really do anything with that. But I almost, I always look back at that and think of it as a bit of a blessing in disguise because then I had to spend my summer holidays. First of all, 
I worked really, really hard to pull my grades up. So I got a 2-1 in the end of my degree. And then my summer holidays, I had to figure out what I wanted. And then I'm really lucky that my parents both run companies. My mum has a training company. My dad has a, a software company. So I would do training in the summertime. I was also building a website for somebody through my dad's company. And I was doing accounts as well for them both. And it really helped me to figure out, okay, what's what do you really enjoy? And I really enjoyed building the website for somebody understanding the requirements, doing the testing, doing the building, showing them the outcome and all that. So from that, I then looked at what I could actually do after university. So I used that experience of the fact that I loved coding, remembering that I used to code when I was a kid, the fact that I used to build computers and do loads of tech stuff as I was growing up as well, and chose to do a computer science master's at the University of Birmingham. And then after that, got a distinction and then could actually start applying for roles that I was looking for in in an actual graduate position. So that's how I got in and then landed my first job as a consultant at BAE Systems, which was really fun. Nice. Very interesting. And were there, you know, in the kind of studies that you were doing, were there any particular challenges that you found as a woman getting into the tech scene or even in the degree? Were there any challenges through your journey? Of course, amazing where you are now. But what challenges did you have throughout that time? I would say that I don't recall having that many challenges. People always ask me that. And I I went to a girls' school when I was growing up. And I don't know if this is a reason for it, but when I was at the girls' school, I never thought of myself as being a girl or a woman or anything. So I was just learning. So I was learning maths with some of the girls who liked maths. I was learning physics with other girls that liked physics. So <laughs> I never thought, oh, I'm one of the only women because, yeah, there were small classes, but we were just in the small classes. So I didn't feel different. And then I got to university and I'd never been in that many classes with men before. So I was like, oh, there are men now. <laughs> I didn't really think about it. So it wasn't a challenge. It was more just that was the environment that I was in. I obviously observed that the numbers were lower, but I didn't think about it. It wasn't a barrier. It wasn't a challenge or anything like that. Even during my computer science master's, I don't remember what the the break the makeup was of the classes there. I would say maybe about 50-50. And that's probably because it was conversion rather than an actual you know, full degree of men to women, but it could also have been 20% women. I, I really can't remember because it didn't have that much of a bearing. So in terms of challenges or barriers, I didn't really feel like I saw them. And, and again, even when I was growing up, because my dad works in software and my mum works in like confidence training, I was always there thinking that I belonged in the space anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting because I also went to an all-girls school and you're so right. I did not feel like I stood out because there were so many of us. And then even when I went to sixth form, I was also I still stayed in the same school. And I think there was like three boys in the whole year of like 100 girls. So again, it was very, very female dominated. And then I think when you step into the wider world, you realise, oh, actually, there's so much more men. <laughs> no, but you don't, it doesn't, it's not scary. I don't know, I didn't find it scary. It was just that there were more men. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. Like I said, I, I never knew any difference. So it didn't feel like a challenge to be in a class where you were, you know, outnumbered or anything like that. So and you know, that's such a good point. Maybe that is why, you know, you've done so well yourself, because you've you've kind of just had that, that resilience innate because you've not known any different. Yeah, it's difficult because I, I don't think that you need to have I don't think you need to have like single sex education for people to Yeah, no, we're not advocating for that by the way, guys. <laughs> need um however what we see with um some of the boot camps that we run at coding black females is people obviously feel more comfortable and more themselves when they're learning so yeah. there is a benefit of having other people around you that are like you 
when you're in an environment because you don't feel different. You're just in a space and you're all learning together. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the differences. It's it's feeling that having that sense of comfort can be a difference, um, yeah. which, yeah, it's just nice to have a bit of a mix, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm actually really glad you brought that up because I've never once looked at that and looked at my past as well and said, hey, maybe that's why. But really interesting point there. Yeah, definitely. It's only when I look back and I'm like, oh, maybe all these things are together. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, and um, in terms of your your kind of career so far, I mean, what would you say? I mean, I think people like to look and see inspiration, right, and what they could really achieve. But what would you say has been your biggest career achievement in tech so far? Ah, that's a really difficult one because my career has been quite interesting in that, you know, the first half of it was really around the software development side, you know, being on a team, building products. And then the second half of it is about empowering other people to be in the industry. And both have had their own massive achievements, I would say. When I was doing the software engineering side of my career, or it's just one career, isn't it? One journey. But during that time, I think it was just being able to grasp different concepts. So first six months that I was working, I felt like the most stupid person in the world ever because I didn't know. (laughs) I thought I knew everything, started working, realised I knew nothing. And I think that that was, that was really scary. But then the end of that six months where I was like, hey, I can do things, that felt amazing to me. And then, you know, just after that, then I was like the subject matter expert in a few different areas. That was also exciting as well, because finally, you know, I've gone from not knowing anything to feeling as though I know quite a lot. So I've always tried to celebrate as much as I can. So every achievement that I have, I try to celebrate it. I try to be proud of that because it, I don't know, it keeps you going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first time I became a team lead, the first time that I was a, a technical architect, the first time I moved around in a project, every single one of those has been a massive achievement when I was... And focusing on software engineering. And then moving into the work I do at Coding Black Females, you know, over the last few years, I've won a range of awards. I've had those sorts of successes. But I would say the real successes have been, I mean, not that they're not real, they are very real. Um, <laughs> there's also the success of when a student that you've trained or somebody who's been part of the community calls and says, this good thing happened to me because of the work that's happening with Coding Black Females. And they're the real successes there because you're like, okay, so yeah, I might have had no sleep for the last month or five, (laughs) but it's been a benefit because a person benefited from that. And they've been the real successes that we've had over the, the last few years. Yeah, no, really interesting there, because I think we we all in life, right, we aim towards that big thing, you know, but I think we tend to forget the small little wins that we've had along the journey that will help us get there. And ultimately, then we miss the big thing when we get there because, like, okay, what's next? So, yeah, right. that's a really cool. And of course, I think for those listening, they will be looking to see how can I get into the tech world? What do I need to be doing now? You know, if you could look back to the start of your career or to the start of your journey into tech, what advice would you give to your younger self? Or even, you know, maybe it's not yourself. It could be younger women looking to break into the tech world. What advice would you say they should follow or they should kind of go by? It's difficult because if you look at my journey into tech, it's super traditional, right? So the last degree in computer science got my first job in tech. That's great. However, when I look at the bigger picture, I was learning how to code when I was quite young. So I was being quite curious. I was trying different things out. I was having a go discovering that I enjoyed something and it made me feel excited so that 
you know, that was a, a really key thing. Cause then when I started coding again, that's what made me excited. It was that feeling of, oh, I just figured something out. That's actually quite fun. Then there was also the fact that when I was growing up, I got the chance to, to work with my parents and, you know, do some coding, get into networking, build computers, all that sort of stuff, which again, I got to try out different parts of, of working in tech and see how it worked from business rather than just learning it for a particular project. So mm. that was useful to just be in the environment of people that were in the industry. You hear conversations, you get involved, you go to conferences, which you constantly there being inspired by other people and you're also constantly learning as well in terms of the routes that I've seen people go down to get into tech my traditional you know university do computer science that's a really really fantastic path in but there's also all the boot camps that people can do so we run boot camps at Code Black Females and that is a very tangible way to actually get into the industry you know you you train for either six months if you're doing a part-time or you could do full-time for a few months and then afterwards, there's a job waiting for you at the end, which is a great way to get in. And the background you need to do that is so broad. You know, you could, you know, you could have been anything and then train to get into the industry that way. There's also self-learning. So there's loads and loads of courses available online that you could look at to, to learn loads as well. And just, again, you know, constantly train and learn about the industry, learn about different uh, technologies that you could find out about as well. So read articles get involved in that way. What I would say is if you're going to do self-learning, you want to have a project or something that you contribute to or that you build so that you can put the knowledge that you've got into action, essentially. Because sometimes you can feel like you're just learning and you don't know where it's going. But if you try and then build something with that, that's where you'll figure out the extra bits and, and it will make a bit more sense to you as well. And then in, in a general sense, you know, go out there, meet people, go to communities, join them, go to different events. You want to make sure that you find mentors if you can as well, do the networking and absorb information about technology, because that will help you make the decisions about which route you might want to go down and which makes sense for, for what you are as a person or who you are as a person too. So there's a lot of ways into tech, um, a lot of ways in, and some of it's completely free. Some of it you'll need to put in the time, key thing. And then at the end, there's a lot of organisations that that recognise the value of the different backgrounds that people may have before they got into the industry as well. Really interesting, because I think you're so right, there's so many routes into it, but hopefully we all kind of get there to the place that we're all trying to aim, which is in the tech scene. So yeah, that's super interesting there. I guess we could go on about it forever, right? But the, there is a big gender issue, right, when it comes to the tech scene. Yeah. I mean, what would you say you've learned about the tech space so far in terms of that bigger gender issue? In terms of the industry, the space, what would you say you being a, you know, a woman in tech, what would you say you've learned about the bigger gender issue in the tech scene yourself? So the bigger gender issues, so for people who don't know, I think women make up around 26% of the tech population in the UK currently. Black women, 0.7%. So there's, the numbers are super low, which means that when you're in it, for me, I felt quite empowered. <laughs> I felt Love quite that to be in it I felt like I was in a place that I was excited to be in I never actually felt like I was breaking into the industry either I think that the key thing is that people are able to find spaces where they can have that additional comfort that's why I created Code in Black Females was yeah I loved what I did but I didn't have anybody who I could relate to at work so there were women there there were um 
yeah, there were women, there were no other black people at work, but it was really that other relatability that I was looking for. So I would say that with the gender issue or the gender imbalance that we've got now, a lot of companies are looking at it and saying, how can we make sure that people have their journeys into tech and, you know, they've got their access to the industry. How can we retain the women that are being, mm. who are in the industry now as well, where they're looking at what they can do around inclusion, not just diversity in their offices to maintain and, and you know, keep those women that are like amazing at work, I would say as well. Um, so, you know, join those communities, utilize it and find out the, the opportunities that are out there. Cause there's so many opportunities there, I'd say at the moment to really try to get in. And it doesn't, I don't feel like it's limited to just, you know, a woman issue or a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's something that everyone can get involved in. So even at Code Black Females, we see a lot of men come through who want to instruct, who want to teach, who want to be mentors because they want to see that industry change. And I know that when I've interviewed in the past, I've had men say, you know, what's your gender balance like here? Because I don't want to work on a team of only men when I've worked at, at organisations before Code Black Females. So it's really important for everyone that we've we've got that diversity, we've got that mix of of gender across the industry, and it's changing. It's changing slowly. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of people involved in in wanting to see that change, and, it, and it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I really agree. There, I think you're right. It's changing. It's slow, but it's happening. And I think that's the main thing. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's it's the bigger picture. It's, it's the long term goal. Yeah. And um, in your opinion, you know like you touched on a bit there as well but how can we get more women into tech how can we what can we be doing what can everyone as a whole be doing to get more women into tech I think as a whole so there's there's one side of making sure that we keep the women that we do have in the industry so that's one element the other is that there's the creating the the inspiration pieces making sure that people know about the women that are out there find those role models, create those events with those role models, talking about the tech industry and how great it is. I would say that there's there's one side where we, we see a lot of people talking about, and I'm just going to say this, not in a bad way, but obviously we see a lot of people talking about their journeys, which is great, but let's also talk about technical topics so that we can see women talking about their technical knowledge and their technical background, because it's going to be pretty good. And I think that's going to be a, a side of inspiration that we almost... We miss a little bit too much because we talk about the the softer side. Let's talk about those technical skills as well that people have, because that's going to encourage even more people to say this is something that I can do because I've just seen an awesome woman talk about her like knowledge of AI or DevOps or whatever it is. And, you know, that's something that they're going to be really driven to try to get into as well. So there's that side. And then there's also the opportunity creation. So making sure that organisations recognise that, that they need to to make a change within their companies or at least um you know create opportunities within to to see those numbers increase and we're seeing a lot of it now where people are genuinely trying to say let's work with you to to get x number of women in you know into our organization because they want to see those numbers increase so i think that it's important that we do the inspiration side but organizations have to do their bit and ensure the opportunities are there for people once they've finished on those programs yeah, nice, nice. And yeah, couldn't agree more there. You touched on it. You touched on my next question there, you know, role models, mentors, you mentioned a bit about that earlier. You know, who who should we be looking out for? Who should I be speaking with next? Who are some of your role models that you know I can reach out to people that are looking to get in tech? I always find that question so hard because 
Um, I, I have so many role models now. So like the women that I work with, they are my role models. The people that I look at on LinkedIn, they're my role models as well. And, you know, loads of women within Code Black Females are now my role models because, you know, they, they've achieved so much and I want to make sure that I can achieve as much as I can as well. So I'm, I'm probably not going to give any names because there are so many. I think it's about, you know, I've mentioned going to those events, going to looking on LinkedIn, networking, those sorts of things where you can find role models everywhere so it doesn't have to be like one big person at the top over here let's recognize the fact that someone who's been in a software engineering role for the last 10 years is also a role model they might not do talks all the time but they might just be really clued up on their subject and they can be someone who's a role model that you might find at a networking event rather than speaking at an event if you know what I mean mm-hmm. so everyone's they're everywhere you've got to go yeah. out <laughs> events and connect with people on LinkedIn too yeah I love that I love that well no Charlene thank you so so much for your time thank you guys so much for tuning in but Charlene more specifically thank you so much for giving up your time this afternoon we really appreciate it thank you thanks for having me